Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. A few weeks ago, I was riding up the Peru Express chairlift at Keystone, and as I was heading up, as I often do, I was riding with some, some other people, and spring break time, and just assuming they're from not here, and so uh, I asked, hey, where, where are you guys from? And they responded, I don't know, I mean, usually as I ask that question, uh, it's Michigan, it's, it's Wisconsin, but most often... Anyone, anyone want to guess? Texas, right. Yeah, no, it's like, if it's not Texas, it's Oklahoma. That's close, right? So that's almost Texas. But yeah, so uh, lots of people from Texas and going up and just asking questions. Where are you from? What, what do you do? That sort of stuff. And, and then this particular time, it was a Sunday afternoon after, after church, and this gentleman uh, asked me, he's like, so where are you from? Well, I, actually, I, I live right here in Summer County, right, right in Dillon. Really? What do you do to, to live in Dillon? Like, that, that's amazing. Do you work from home, is the assumption. And, and I said, well, no, actually, I'm a pastor at a church in Breckenridge. Whoa, how'd you get set up with a gig like that, right? <laughs> and, and to which... In that moment, I replied, well, I must have done something right. (laughs) And then I thought about what I said. I got off uh, the chairlift and was thinking about how lame (laughs) and cliche my response was. Someone had just asked me, how did I get set up with a job at Christ Lutheran Church in Breckenridge, Colorado? They teed it up for me. (laughs) Please preach the gospel to me. And I squandered it. As I got off the chairlift, it's as if I heard the rooster crow in that moment. (laughs) And then I really felt pretty cruddy about that. It's like, man, and here's the worst part. We had already just started this sermon series. And I realized, oh, I need this as much as anybody. We, we were talking about the gospel in seven words. Seven words, nothing theologically significant about that number, but here's why seven words, because we like to keep it succinct and memorable. Uh, something that I say, something that uh, sticks in our head, easily memorable, and something that stirs our emotions. Something that we can hold on to, keep in our back pocket, if you will. Most Christians know that we're called by the Lord Jesus to go and share the good news, go and make disciples, we're told by Jesus. Uh, we know that the gospel is good news to us. We've received the grace of God. We have felt his love. And yet, we're not always the best at sharing that grace of God with other people. This, despite the fact that even today, 
And as much as you want to poke at our culture or the change in our world, as people are maybe coming to church less or whatever, even today, a majority of people say that they would be open to a conversation about faith. There was just this week an article that came out by Lifeway Research. Lifeway Research is connected with the uh, Southern Baptist uh, churches. And this study came out and little methodology for those of you who, who like to know these things. Um, it was an online study of over a thousand Americans and, that it, and it was conducted, and, and I'm assuming Christian Americans at this point, and it was conducted just this past December. Okay, so there's your, your stats and numbers if you'd like. And there, there were three things that came out of this study um, that essentially they came away with explaining why Christians don't share their faith more often. Here are the three. Uh, friendliness, and notice I put that in quotes, right? Uh, friendliness, uh, there, can there be anything more friendly than the uh, word of God, the grace of Jesus, the love of our Savior shared with people through word and deed? I mean, that is what we are called to do. But, but because there's this stigma in our world, this stigma of, oh, we don't want to be proselytizing people. We don't want to uh, become overbearing. We don't want to make for an awkward Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, we, under the, the guise of friendliness, say, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to say anything right now. Or fear. So uh, maybe fear of saying the wrong thing or, or not knowing what to say or fear of being re rejected by someone else if, if what you say doesn't please their ears. And the last one, and I really resonated with this, was just plain forgetfulness. We have good intentions. We, we want to share the gospel. We even sometimes pray for people to know Jesus. But then the day just starts plugging away and we're picking up kids and dropping them off and we're going to work and getting our studies done. It's school, school work done. And next thing you know, I mean, <laughs> snowing outside and I start dreaming about skiing again. <laughs> and, and you forget to share the gospel. Now, it could be any of these. In fact, uh, I mean, one, someone during this series has shared with me, like, they've just appreciated that this had been brought to the forefront of their mind because sometimes they just kind of forgot to share the gospel. It wasn't bad intentions or bad motives, but this is why we're doing what we're doing now. As we're preparing during the season of Lent, preparing... Uh, for Holy Week, the week when Jesus changed the world, when Christianity came into existence, if you will, when, when uh, Jesus enters into Jerusalem on a full of a donkey, 
palms are waving, right? When he comes in and then he spends time teaching and then he eats a supper, the Passover with his disciples, and he talks about how this meal, the whole time, these past 1,500 years, has pointed to me. And, and it's happening right now. Remember me when you eat this bread, when you drink this cup. Remember me. When Jesus died on the cross on Good Friday and took away the sins of the world, and then Sunday got up. Like, whether, whether you believe this is a, a fact or a myth, I believe it's a fact. But whether you believe it's a fact or a myth, there is no questioning that that week has changed the lives of billions of people throughout world history. It's changed the course of our world. And so we as Christians are preparing our hearts and our minds for that week of commemoration and celebration. And as we're preparing ourselves for that holy week, we're also preparing our mouths to confess. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. That's our theme verse through this series. And so that is exactly what we're doing so that our preparedness can work against our fear and our forgetfulness so that we are able to share Jesus. This past week, I asked for you all to share with me your gospel in seven words. If you haven't, has everyone gotten this handout, have access to this? If you haven't, Forrest can get you a copy. But it looks like we're good. Raise your hand if you haven't. Okay. Um, so we, we spent some time preparing here. Uh, we spent the first week talking about our need as human beings, our need for salvation, what that means, what that looks like. And then we spent three weeks looking at some different themes, different metaphors, images that are used to uh, convey the gospel. So uh, death and life, right? That the gospel gives us life. Uh, Isolation and community. And then last week, captivity and freedom are just three of the many, many uh, images and themes that can be used to describe the, the, the gospel, Based on all of this, I asked you all, take some time and craft your gospel in seven words. Not, not in the sense of like the gospel is just willy-nilly that we can make it up, right? But there, is a, there are certain aspects of the gospel of our Lord Jesus that speak directly to our hearts. Certain themes, certain images that whew, when, we, when we hear it, it stirs. And then put it in a Seven-word phrase that sticks in our mind. And so I printed these out, haven't included names. Wanted to keep this anonymous for those who um, would prefer that. I did this as a source of mutual uh, encouragement. I've had 
some 20 people respond with the gospel in seven words so far in the, in the past week. If you are one of those 20 people, go ahead and pat yourself on the back and then slap your face to remind you you shouldn't be so snotty and, and proud of yourself. Get over yourself, all right? No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, and so here, here's what we're going to do. In a moment, I'm just going to read these. No commentary, just read the statements. And you'll listen around, uh, listen to them. As I read them, star or circle, one of the ones that speaks to you, some, something that you appreciate, maybe that uh, phrased things in a way that made you think. And then, uh, here's, the, here's the one, one rule. You cannot star or circle your own, right? So, so if you submitted one, that one, you, you only have 19 options, all right? Uh, let's see. So uh, a- after I do that, then I'll come back and ask you all, some, or some of you at least, to speak about, well, which ones spoke to you, spoke to, to your heart, as I read through these. You ready? Number one. God became man to rescue sinful man. Two. There is faith that brings amazing strength. Three, God's answer to sin at his expense. Four, Jesus loves, forgives, saves, and befriends me. Five, God's restoration plan for all creation. Six, life's playbook to making halftime adjustments. Pause for a second. If you haven't submitted your seven-word gospel to me yet, no, you can still do so. There's no grade. You have an extension. Lots of grace here, right? So you have an extension. I would love for you, maybe as we're reading through this, maybe you find some themes that really stick to you. Go ahead and email me those. Seven. Christ became poor. Through him we're rich. Eight. God reconciling man to himself through Christ. Nine. I'm secure in my relationship with God. Hmm. Ten. My death means everlasting life through Jesus. Eleven. Love one another as he loved you. Twelve. God still loves you. 
Know, uh, number 13, know that I am with you always. 14, Jesus died and rose to save us. 15, I deserve nothing. Jesus gives me everything. 16, Jesus conquered sin, giving us eternal life. 17, he forgives, loves, shelters, and frees me. 18, Christ offers new life for all. 19, I can't outsin the unconditional love of God. You might notice that one is eight words. All right, not seven. But I did have someone else email me and say, hey, I only needed six words. So I'm giving my word to someone else. And so you see, the teamwork, this is the body of Christ working together. I love it. I love it. So uh, number 20, life with Christ is warm peace inside. Okay, so take a moment and is there one of these that really speaks to you? That you really appreciate? Donalyn? Um, well, first of all, I figured out that's of mine, and I just now, with your just hand on it, I figured out how to make it seven. Oh, well. <laughs> I can't outsend God's unconditional love. There you go. Yeah, see, take the of out of there. Man, yeah, see, economy of words, right? So, okay, very good. Well, I'm sorry, what number? Uh, five. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And so, yeah, there is the, what I took initially from number five was more of that holistic corporate sense of God restoring creation, that creation was broken at the fall and that God's restoring. And then you just took that, you, you took that and applied it to you personally. And you've seen the brokenness in your own life or your home or whatever the case may be and realize, oh, God's working right there too. Love, the love it. Love it. Love it. Who else? Marilyn. I like 20. 
20. Okay, life with Christ is warm peace inside. Hmm. That uh, maybe somebody would want to know uh, more about how you get that warm peace. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so instead of uh, living day to day, paycheck to paycheck, um, you know, one moment to the next, frantically, there's warm peace that Jesus gives that. Just kind of goes through all that. It's the common thread for us as Christians, right? Yeah, really good. Who else? I like number eighteen. Christ offers new life for all. Yeah. Yeah. We have often uh, are, are aware, if we're honest, if we're, we're aware of the fact that we fall short when uh, we say something stupid on the chairlift, right? And, and or worse. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm not sharing the worst stuff with you <laughs> in my sermons, right? But it happens, right? And, uh, and that idea of new life, a new heart, that God can change even even me. Ooh, that's powerful. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Sarah. Who else? Yes, I like number 14. Number 14. I'm just reading it for our podcast. I'm reading it back. That is, Jesus died and rose to save us. It's succinct. It's to the point. I mean, um, Jesus died and rose to save us. I mean, does that, that is Holy Week summed up pretty, pretty succinctly, pretty close, right? So, uh, yeah, right to the heart of the gospel in that statement. So, and it really, and it really focuses on Jesus and on God's work as opposed to uh, sometimes, uh, what what's the good advice that we give to people who are going through a, a a tough spot in life? Oh, just just cheer up, or if maybe we're a little more heavy-handed, suck it up, Buttercup. Right? Life's tough. Get a helmet, or uh, you know, you gotta look look within to find some inner peace and. 
sometimes that works, and a lot of times you're looking within and you see, ugh, I don't want anyone to see that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's really outward focused. Good. Thank you, Brent. Paul. Thirteen, know that I am with you always. So, uh, that would be like Jesus' gospel in seven words, right? Those are his words? Pretty much, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, until the end of the age, right? Matthew 28, so yep. That's so. that's impactful, just seeing that and realizing those are kind of Jesus' own words. But also, too, uh, reassuring, because, you know, life, uh, for me, can be very full of chaos, both inside and outside, and uh, a lot of times I feel kind of lost in direction, but then just to hear those words, you know, that he's still with me. Yeah. The couple things I, I think of from that is um, maybe someone who is experiencing loneliness in their life, that that would speak to them that, wait, God's with me. I feel like no one is with me right now. God is with me, and he's with me always. I love that word because this is not merely something that happened 2,000 years ago that we kind of sit thinking about or remembering. Yes, it is that, absolutely that. But it's also God's presence, Jesus' presence with us is also real here now today. When, when the word is proclaimed, there's power in that. God, Jesus says, I'm, I'm in that. What we're doing right now, sharing the gospel with each other, Jesus is in that. And, and what we're about to do in just a few moments with the body and the blood of Christ through communion This is my body. This is my blood, Jesus says. He's here with us, like tangibly, and it's a mystery, and it blows our mind, but it's so true that we are in the presence of God every day as Christians. So I love it. One more. John, go ahead. <laughs> this is why you're married, right? <laughs> Notice who's up here talking and who hasn't talked to, uh, <laughs> today. So. Okay, and so for, for our, our listeners, 15, I deserve nothing. Jesus gives me everything. Go ahead. Yeah. Deserve nothing, it's already there, it's given, right? I don't know, I'm kind of rambling 
No, yeah, I like it. I like it. Who, who here has seen the series Yellowstone? I haven't yet, but I want to. So, okay, go ahead. Oh, somewhat, you guys should know. All right. Interesting. And yet, gospel side of that is Jesus still gives us everything, right? So, yeah, so amazing. Um, yeah, really, really good there. So, all right, let me, let me move on here. Um, of course, uh, we, we heard Peter speaking in our gospel reading this, this morning, just a few minutes ago, and Makes me think of another time when Jesus was in suffering, was in pain, was on trial, and Jesus and I'm sorry, Peter didn't speak. Right? Where Good Friday, he's outside warming himself by the fire. Jesus has been taken custody. Most of the disciples had fled. Peter had fled, but stayed close enough to kind of see what's going on with Jesus. And there's three times that people came to say, hey, whoa, hey, are you one of his disciples? No, 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 not me. I mean, this is, this is a little girl, right? Not some big intimidating soldier with a sword uh, about to, to take him uh, and arrest him. No, uh, uh, wait, you, you have a Galilean accent. You must be one of his disciples. No, no, not me. I know you are. And the rooster crows. And Jesus is able to look. And he sees Peter. And Peter instantly is flooded with shame and guilt. Maybe he's thinking back to that time when he actually did get it right when they're in Caesarea Philippi and, and when Jesus asked, who do people say that I am? Who do, who do you say that I am? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Maybe he's thinking, why, why didn't I say it like that? And then 30 years later, give or take, when Peter writes what we know today as 1 Peter the book of First Peter, when he writes, always be prepared to give a defense of the hope that you have. I like to think that he probably has in the back of his mind those experiences. Those experiences and many more 
as he's exhorting us, encouraging us to, don't make the mistake I made. Yeah, keep, keep going. You can do this by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when Christ died on the cross, yeah, Peter denied, Judas betrayed, the disciples fled. But it was God's plan. Doesn't make it right what they did, but it was God's plan that Jesus go to the cross, that he suffer and die for you, and that he gives you new life through the power of his resurrection and by being baptized into his name. We prepare for this, right? We prepare our hearts to continue to receive the good news, the, the grace of God. Now, I want to sum up or, or go back to my chairlift experience for a moment. I felt pretty bad, a little bit guilty after that failure of mine. I realized, okay, I need to I need to get this right. I need the gospel in seven words. So that the next time and the next few many times actually since then, past few weeks, I've gotten to ride chairlifts uh, many times. Yes. I do something uh, other than ski. I do work sometimes, right? But I like to ski uh, too. And ask the question and the conversation sometimes goes different directions, but oftentimes goes kind of a similar direction. Well, what do you do? I'm the pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Breckenridge. I live here. Ah, oh, how'd you get that gig? One of the many things that I don't deserve, but Jesus gives me anyways. And so I was able to speak into that conversation, the grace of God. And from there, some people say, oh, you're, you're a Christian too, you're a pet, you're whatever, and they, they want discussion about it. Some people want to know a little bit more. Some people, you could tell, that was enough, and that's okay. No one jumped. No one jumped <laughs> off the chairlift, so that was good. Um, any, any guesses? From you all, uh, which uh, one of these uh, were, was mine? One of these listed on here was. Yeah, right, 15. Um, so, <clears throat> John, you get brownie points today. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, and, and you notice, too, like the, the way that I used I, I didn't just... Uh, regurgitate I deserve nothing Jesus gives me everything right but that was a framework for the conversation I had that in my back pocket so that as the spirit opened up opportunities I was able to kind of riff off of that as was appropriate so here here's my uh, challenge for you, assignment for you this, this coming week. Uh, if you haven't submitted your gospel in seven words, I'd encourage you to do so. I'd also 
invite you to share your gospel with someone this week. Oh, here it is. Here's mine. I deserve nothing. Notice the first part I, I put in, I didn't bold a, uh, that's law, right? The second part is really the, the gospel, the sweetness, right? And so I boldened that. So share the gospel in your words with someone else this week. It doesn't have to be an unbeliever. It doesn't have to be a stranger. You don't have to do a cold call, knock on the door of your neighbors and, and recite your um, gospel in, in seven words. Let's see, uh, Jesus conquered sin, giving us eternal life. Close the door as the, or as the door is slammed in your face, right? You know, the, that, that doesn't have to be like that. It could be your spouse, your parent, your child, as you're in, I mean, if I got, if I this week find out that a bunch of you shared the gospel with your loved ones this week, there's power in that. It's the word of God moving. Thanks be to God for that. So don't feel like it has to be someone who doesn't believe. It doesn't have to be verbatim, like I said. And maybe something that would be helpful for you is make a plan and pray. This is spiritual warfare, friends. Satan does not want you to open your lips. But by the power of God, your lips will be opened and your mouth will declare his praises. So, um, if you need an extension and you want to modify your gospel in seven words after what we heard this, this uh, week, go ahead. And, and then in response to this, tell me. I, I'd love to hear. Encourage my heart. Just tell me how it goes. Maybe it was just the end of the conversation and it got awkward from there. <laughs> Maybe it led to further discussion where you got to expound upon what you just said, expound upon the gospel. As the people of God confess the good news, the power of God is spread throughout families, throughout communities, and throughout our world. Amen?